This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Sean Hamilton and Jim Spence. You'll be wearing a sombrero and blowing up your beach ball as we speak. United, Jim, they're European bound. It's nailed on now, isn't it? Well, done. I, I, that, I that, was the, that was the game that sealed yeah. it, wasn't it? And I was, I was glad to hear Sean, the, the sports editor, saying that there'll probably be a, a definite need for a courier columnist to accompany the reporter, reporter on the trips to Europe. Next season, the budget was... Was that Sean falling off the chair there? No? I think... I think was that not a dream you had, Jim? Maybe it was, actually. But no, I mean, this, I mean you know, United on the... I mean, they're on the cusp, aren't they? They haven't quite quite done it yet, you know, but um, it's a remarkable... It's a remarkable um, achievement, Um Eric, I mean, you know, I know that when we have a chat about some of the stuff I've seen, the criticism of Callum Johnson has kind of taken the window of my seals from some Saints fans. And similarly, some of the stuff from some United fans about Tom Courts just leaves me, I, I, I don't like the expression gobsmacked, but you know, what a job that boy's done this season. Sitting there fourth top of the league at the moment, you know, heading for Europe. Um, and, you know, football's an eye of the beholder. What one man or woman thinks is terrific football, another thinks is deadly boring. But what a great job. And as you say, you know, the, the beach tells me later. I mean, they've sold, is it, 1,700 tickets? Uh, um, and they had to stop them because the their laptop, like mine at Tannadice, blew up, I think, you know. Um, such such was the demand, you know. Um, is that why it blew up, Jimmy? You were after your tickets, is that what? You don't pay to go into football, do you? <clears throat> well, I, I haven't I haven't paid for a long time, Eric. I have to say that. So, <laughs> yeah, shocking admission from a journalist. But no, I do. If I go to the juniors, I, I pay. Um, if, I, if I go to see the heart, I hand over my six quid. Um, theoretically, I could get in for senior citizens, you know. <laughs> but uh, I just hand over the uh, the money. Uh, but no, I mean it's you know a fair play to the United support this season. It has been absolutely spectacular on the road. I mean, they have travelled in huge, huge volumes to see United this season. I mean, you know, I actually think pro rata um, for the size of the club that probably actually... You know, at least as well supported and probably better than the likes of the Dons and, and Hearts and Hibs. You know, it's, it's been a remarkable um, crowd that they've taken on the road with them. So, uh, yeah, the beach, the beach towels and the, and, and, the, and the beach balls or the, the inflatables will be uh, uh, getting blown up all in Dundee. And, and of course, United are a global club these days. I mean, they, they, draw, <laughs> yes. they draw from Angus and Edinburgh. <laughs> yes, I wonder, I, wonder will, I wonder if this will impinge on their pre-season tour to America. But there, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to see about which round they go in at, yes. Joke, joker aside, they get the job done, United, don't they? They get the job done. <clears throat> Absolutely. That, that's, that's the key thing. I mean, you know, I, I mean, maybe it hasn't been pretty to watch times depending on your view and they certainly haven't rattled too many too many nets I mean they, you know, their, their goals for column is pretty dire as to be said you know um, but the bottom line is they have you know I, I still think it's been a remarkably successful just behind um, Hearts although I have to say I wouldn't I wouldn't discount um, you know where Ross County finish up they might well finish fourth because uh, Malky McKay has done a, an absolutely terrific job up there as well so I mean no but I mean from if you're a United fan um I'm no, I'm no really that sure what you have to bump your gums about. I think it's been a really, really good season. You know, I mean, I know there's there's a lot of people moaning about internally and what goes on and the kind of, you know, they wonder about the relationship between that United have that kind of peculiar one between a sporting director and a, a coach and all the rest of that. 
Um, well, frankly, that's not their business. You know, the business is supporting the club, supporting the team. Um, how how the club is run is up to the owner and the people he puts in charge. You know, and I'm I'm pretty sure that at the moment you cannot um, find much to complain about when you look at that league table. Yeah, I mean, Sean, there's a lot of things have gone United's way. I think one of them being that uh, Motherwell scoring that uh, late goal at Livingston because Liv- Livingston are a far better. Livingston are, are a top, more a top six team than Motherwell are. Motherwell are a bottom six side and Motherwell scraping into the top six did Ross County and United a huge turn, didn't it? Because, I mean, Ross County and United are better than them. And as soon as it became clear that fifth gets you into Europe, I think that was it pretty much sorted as far as I was concerned. I mean, obviously, if Motherwell had won on Saturday, it would have been different, but I don't think any either of us, any of the three of us, expected them to do that. Um, no, but I mean, I'd, it's still it's still a wee bit in the balance. You think? I reckon. Can you, do you think? Aye. Do you think they could beat Ross County, Motherwell? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's not to say that, that Ross County are, are, are crap or anything <laughs> like that, but they're certainly no crapper than anyone else in the league this season. You know, everyone's everyone's had their moments uh, of being a wee bit a wee bit dodgy. Uh, if you like, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it is signed and sealed at this point for United. I still think they've got work to do um, just to, to ensure they get it over the line um, because be, purely because it has been so unpredictable this season um, across the board. You know, United have only won one game more than Motherwell. So we, we, we can say that the, the Motherwell are, are, are disappointing or whatever. but they felt more I mean, reliable United though, haven't they? They have. I, I don't know if I'm, that's maybe a false impression. It's just, it does feel to me as if they have been a, a much more reliable team. You know, less less streaky, shall we say. Oh, I mean, it, it, to, to an extent, but I, I just, I feel like everybody's been a bit streaky at points this season. It, it's such a, it, I mean, we've discussed this before, but it, from, from fourth, you know, right down to, Right down to tenth at this point, really. It's it's there's really just so little in it, um, and yeah, I mean teams have gone on streaks. <clears throat> Aberdeen obviously on a, on a poor one at the moment, and <sighs> is anyone really on a good one at the moment apart from Celtic and <laughs> arguably Rangers as well? I'm not sure. I don't think so. So yeah, for me, I mean it's 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 four points, right? Which is decent. It's more than one result that you're going to need to overturn that, and then United have got a, a you know a far superior goal difference as well so it's it, it's there for United to go and get it but they've, they've still got Celtic Rangers to play so it's uh, it's no it's no done and dusted as far as I'm concerned and it's it's not because uh, not because Motherwell are particularly good or or, or United are, are particularly bad because they're not they've, they've done well as Jim said this season and what has been a poor league admittedly but I, I still think they've got a bit of work to do just to, to make sure this gets over the line. I'm afraid. Oh, well, boo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's the sign of Jim putting his sangria down just for, uh, for, another, for another couple of days. Right? Uh, Eric, I'll tell you, shot, shot, a point that Sean made there is a good one because it's come up time and time and again over the past number of weeks. We, we kind of made Light it down. Where, where did that, that, that whole notion, <laughs> it's a poor league. And, you know, I mean, again, I mean, look, I would argue, and I had this discussion with a, a, a um, a fellow, a, a fellow pro with with a former pro um, who's not that long. Fellow pro, Jim. Come on, something I'm highly unlikely to be accused of, you know. But um, he was saying he thought the standard was, had been pretty dire this year. But the, you know, just as the league table never lies in terms of a who wins it and b who goes down, um, the, the league table is what it is. Um, 
if it's a poor league, and that's again a subjective definition, and I have some sympathy um, with the, you know, with the comment, you can still only beat what you're up against. So I don't think, you know, whether it's a poor league, a great league, or a, a medium league, it detracts from the fact that United have done really, really well this season. And 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 you know, and when you look down, the St. Johnson and Dundee have have kind of well, certainly in Saints' um, uh, position have underperformed remarkably uh, by comparison to what most of us would expect. So you know, uh, has it been a poor league? Probably. It's it's not been particularly riveting, um, but um, you know, United are really hasn't been are. a lot of quality. No, no, that, that's that, that's the issue. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if you, if you sit, I mean, if I sit and I think about how many times this season it's kind of got me off, things have got me off my seat. Um, there's not that many, to be honest. You know, there, there, there haven't been kind of that many terrific, you know, individual forays, individual brilliant goals, people taking on three, four men, drifting by them and launching one at the top corner from 25 yards. There's not been a great deal of that stuff or purple passages of play with 25 glowing passes and a great goal at the end of it. Um, you know, that's that's certainly been the, the, the nature. You might see, you might have seen it if you're a Celtic fan. They've had... They've had um, times when they have been quite exceptional and so have Rangers at, at, at times this season for the rest um, you know Hearts have been the best of, of the rest and the rest is the rest I hate to say kind of the best of a bad bunch but it's it's, it's not been a great league but the bottom line is you can only beat what you're up against so I don't think that would detract from the fact that you know when we're talking about United that they've done actually a, a great job this season there's a lot of things they need to cure they need to cure kind of the fact that they don't score nearly enough goals they need somebody kind of target man or, or other people like Tony Watt and midfield to pitch in but um, you know in a week uh, well after this weekend who knows you might be sitting looking at a guaranteed European place so I, I don't think there's a huge amount to to moan about yeah just be, for the, the last part of the United segment Sean I think we'll, we'll finish up with uh, with Xander Clark and goalkeepers to link us nicely into St Johnson but before that I know we speak about him all the time I'm not necessarily spe- we're not, we're not, not going to Say anything new about Dylan Levitt because we all know what a good player he is and a very good player he's been for United and he's arguably been the difference between them and all, you know your Motherwells and all these other teams we're talking about probably the difference between top six, bottom six, etc., etc. There was a there was a tease about the possibility of I mean come back for an, another season that's not happening is it sure I mean I, I don't think any of us think he's well maybe we do I, I, is going to be a Manchester United first team player you know they just. The, the gulf between you know these these top players do not get loaned to the Scottish Premiership if they think they're they've got a a, a jewel on the books that's just not going to happen. But where, where where do you think his level is, John? I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, I'm I'm inclined to think probably a sort of one of the big Championship teams that are bottom of the Premiership. You know, one that could go up. You know, a Bournemouth or it's just gone up something like that. Do you you would you say higher than that even? No, no. Lower, lower. lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the naysayer of the day, aren't I? <laughs> That's, I've just, I've, we've established my position on the podcast today. I'm just going to shoot everything <laughs> down. I can't, wait, I can't wait till I come to Saints. Eh? Gr- grumpy in chief. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, listen, Dylan Levitt is, is really, really... I was talking earlier about a lack of quality in the league. And for United, certainly, I think that you could say that Dylan Levitt for sure has been, has been uh, a kind of... <clears throat> an example where there has been some quality this season um, and certainly I mean he was good for the start of the season to be honest but just recently you know he's hitting a really nice spell where he's, he's really starting to shine and, and, and he's great to watch but I think we made the point previously that it's not just recently I think it was from quite early in the season that, that he started to look like somebody you wanted to watch you know um, 
and that has been the case throughout the season. Um, he's out of contract in Man United at the end of this month. So whether they give him another one or not uh, remains to be seen, I guess. And there's there's a new manager obviously coming in there. They'd have given him one by um, now, wouldn't they? At the end of this season, I, I, I tend to think they would have. Um, so, I mean, if, if he leaves, the, the question is, where does he go? Dundee United? I mean, I don't know. Um, I... I if he was to move to an English club, I couldn't. I couldn't really see him at this point going to a Premier League club unless they're intending on putting him out on loan again. Um. So I mean that would that would seem to be the only way in for me. Championship level in England, yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, I could see somebody there taking a punt on him. I don't think he's quite Premier League at this point. Um, despite the fact that he's obviously very good. Uh, if he came back to Dundee United, he, he would he would shine. There, I've got absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Um, and what they could offer him is familiarity um, and a decent platform. You know, um, I think from and a, a decent wage up here <laughs> and a decent wage. Yeah, yeah. I think from from spending a season up here, uh, I think I think players of, of his sort of age will will recognise that. Well, before they come up to Scotland, they probably have a perception of it as being a bit of a backwater, if you like. But when, when you, you find this a lot with managers that come up from the lower leagues in England, so not Man United, but but the lower leagues, they come up here and find that the level of attention, media attention and media scrutiny and whatever is, is, is significantly greater um, than the English lower leagues get. Uh, maybe not the Championship, but certainly League 1, League 2. You know, by comparison, there's, there's, there's an awful lot of attention up here from the media. So I think you, you do get a decent platform. Um, and particularly now, um, it feels to me like like clubs in 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 England, the bigger clubs in England, are looking more uh, up here for bargains and what have you. There's certainly more Scottish players heading in that direction, and young ones as well. So, while Levitt's obviously not Scottish, he would be a young player playing in Scotland. So I think he would be he, he would benefit from the same attention. So that's a possibility. Um, but I mean, it really comes down to what his agent can get him. Um, I think come the end of the season that'll be, and if and if he can get him something of championship sort of level in England, I think I, I Dundee United don't compete with that. Um, I'm afraid. I think he would take that. So it's a wee bit up in the air for me, but it would be great to see him back because he's um, he's been a joy to watch, and I think he's got a potential to be uh, to be a good a, a decent decent player going forward. What's his level, Jim? Are you of a similar mind? Is he is he one of those that does well here, and you see, you see him plucked off, plucked up by a Celtic and Rangers? Do you know, is he that good? Or I don't, I don't, I don't see him being plucked off to Celtic or Rangers somehow or, or, or other. Um, I, I, I see probably. I mean, he's twenty one, maybe a Hearts or yeah, something. He's twenty one, so he's got to. Um, you know, this is a. a, a a pretty crucial kind of period in, in what comes next. You know, I mean, it hasn't worked for him at Man United. And I mean, that that's certainly no, um, you know, that's no criticism of the boy. I mean, trying to break through at Manchester United is an extraordinarily and difficult thing. And it's not always, it's not always kind of just down to ability at a club like that. Right place, right time, you know, no being injured, somebody who likes a look at you, whatever. But I mean, my, my suspicion is probably... Um, you know, the agent will have eyes on getting him back south of the border again. I don't think for a moment he's going to, to the Premier League in England. So, but you know th- that leaves. I mean, look at look at some of the clubs. You know, if you took some of the mid mid ranking clubs at the moment, and I'm not talking about size, but where where they ended up. Um, 
in the you know the English Football League Championship, we've got clubs like kind of West Brom, Coventry, QPR, you know, um, Sheffield United, you know, Preston, you know, and these are all clubs which financially can outgun anybody in Scotland outside of Celtic and Rangers. You know, I mean, you would potentially, from where he is at the moment at United, I've got a rough idea what he's on at United, but you'd be talking about a laddie, you know, um, quadrupling or quintupling his wages in many cases, you know. So I, I don't for a moment see, you know, I mean, for, look, here, here's the thing, Eric, fans buy all this stuff about the... Um, Kissing the jersey. This is no. This is no about Dylan Lovett, by the way. Uh, I mean, you know, they buy all this stuff about that. Oh, he's a club, and if he stays another year, you know, th- these guys are professional footballers, professional athletes. Their career is short. Um, you know, it's always only one injury away from being finished. They have got to make hay while the sun shines. They have got to take advantage of the financial um, offers, you know, th- that are made to them. Um, assuming it's the right kind of offer, they've got to take advantage of them when when they can, while they're in hot form and all the rest of it. And Levitt undoubtedly will have attracted because you know th- there are English scouts at the games every week, and of course every, everything's done um, also these days with wise scouting. Goodness knows what else, but there's always all, there's also a physical presence at the game as well these days, and agents are away punting their players, and you know you can bet your bottom dollar on that that, that plenty of clubs in England will now be well aware of Dylan Levitt, particularly given the fact that, that he is a Man United player. So, you know, I, I would be, um, I wouldn't be stunned if he had another season at United, um, but what would he sign for? Would he sign a two-year deal now he's out of contract? Maybe give him a knock-on fee, but I would be less stunned if he, uh, you know, worked his way back south of the border to one of the big championship clubs. That, to me, would would, would, look, like, um, would look a much more obvious route than him returning to Tannadice. Yeah, and it helps his, his international prospects as well doesn't it you would think it's just a yeah I would, I would agree I think we can I think we'll all agree on that one uh, Xander Clark now the Xander Clark one actually intrigues me more from a, a Dundee United standpoint than it does a St Johnston one Sean because St Johnston fans have long since known since I can't remember exactly when it was that that Xander sort of you know, very good offer was put to Xander and he, he, he politely declined and, you know, kept his options open, all the rest of it. And then St. Johnson quite rightly says, we're definitely not selling them in January. That would have been, in, in a season of bad decisions, that would have been, that would have come in straight in number one. So St. Johnson fans have known he, he's, he's, he's going at the end of the end of the season with, with their best wishes, or I'll come back to that, <coughs> excuse me, whether it's with their best wishes if it's United, mind you. Anyway, that's another point. So, this isn't a big story for, for St. Johnston necessarily. I do think it's quite a big story for Dundee United because obviously the last time they were properly linked with him and they have, you know, as official now, they've, they've, made an, they've made an approach to St. Johnston to speak to him. So they want another goalkeeper. And I think the biggest story that comes out of this is that they clearly don't rate the guy that they got in a Finnish international in January. And it's now... It kind of explains why we've not seen him when Segrist has had his wobble. You know, are you are you thinking along the same lines, Sean? Um, it, it's an interesting point. I remember when we were talking about um, the guy Carlion Eriksson coming in uh, in January. There was a discussion at the time on this podcast. I think the, the question was asked: Does that kill off um, Xander Clark? Excuse me, sneezing. <coughs> I'll cut that out. <clears throat> Dear me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you asked whether 
that killed off the Xander Clark move. And I remember saying at the time that I thought it, it absolutely did because um, if you've got an international goalkeeper coming in uh, <laughs> and you've got another one in Xander Clark, that's going to be very, very hard to keep them both happy uh, in that squad because they'll both want to be playing because they both want to be part of their their national. They both want to remain part of their national setups. Um, and if they're not playing, they won't. Oh, the number one goalies, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what they are. So, yeah. so that would appear to be uh, <laughs> certainly very interesting because if you bring Xander Clark in uh, as Dundee United, you bring him in at play. Um. I, I, I don't think for a second that in the discussions around that deal, I don't think you can say, you know, I'm guaranteed go first team, uh, number one, whatever happens. But you would certainly have your agent be discussing the fact that, well, we need him to be playing here. Is he, is he coming in to, to be the number one, essentially, if you like, rather than to compete with this other guy? Um, and if it's a competition situation, more so than, you know, he's going to be the guy, I don't think you sign for Dundee United if you're Zander Clark. Because I think you want to go somewhere that you're going to be playing, or um, or you so, go yes, to, or a, or a, a very big club down south where you know that's a different career decision, isn't it? Where you're a, a number two with the potential to play, you know, yeah, possibly, cup yeah. games and compete and all the rest of it on a on a on a big big wage. That but that's being that's a number two at a, a big club is no impediment to being part of the Scotland side. Just look at John McLaughlin, correct. who's a, who's in that squad repeatedly despite playing two games a season <laughs> so excuse my cynicism sorry I'm sure he's a fantastic goalkeeper um, yeah so it, it, it's interesting from a Dundee United perspective because yeah it does it does sort of raise questions about the about the uh, guy Carol and Rowan Erickson who they've brought in and we haven't really seen a great deal of he was in very briefly uh, a point when um, Benjamin Segrist was injured uh, but he hasn't been in recently during the time that Benjamin Seacrest has had a wee wobble in form, which which has been uncharacteristic, but it's definitely been there and it has been remarked upon. I think we're we're, we're now at a point in the season where even even if you did rate um, the new guy a lot, I think it would be difficult to take Seacrest out and put him in, just purely because, because of where they are, the pressure that they're under, the job that they have to do, which is qualify for Europe. I mean, if you bring in a new guy that you've signed on a, a multi-year contract who's an internationalist, but you haven't seen him yet, if he comes in game one and makes a howler, that's a terrible start <laughs> to to a guy's career at a club, um, and it puts immediate pressure on him. Um, so I think it would be very difficult to drop Segrist at this point. But yeah, I think the the, the link with Sander Clark for next season certainly does raise eyebrows and and, and with it questions about about what's happening. Um, with Carl Johan Eriksson. Yeah, because Jim, I, I don't necessarily think, I still don't think he'll go to Dundee United unless, I mean, listen, United, we know with Tony Watt, they pay they pay good wages. Um, so you're probably, they're kind you'd put them after, after Hearts and Aberdeen probably in terms of, in terms of wages. But anyway, so, you know, there could be, there, there could be a very good financial offer for Xander there, but they don't compete with down south. And I think the, the pool of, of this, this is the point in Xander's career. If he, if he's ever going to give it a go, it'll be now. Um, so I, I'm still not convinced he'll end up at Tannadice. But that is, you know, we're talking about Dundee United just now. Is is a, an intriguing. So I mean, Seagrass isn't. St- I mean, they keep saying, oh, you know, it's it's. It's not definite that Seagrest is going, but you know, gee, I mean, good grief! How many goalkeepers are they want? And this, at this point, they're going to have, you know, they're just they're just spinning plates here. Seagrest is going to go. I think by the sounds of it, if it's not Xander Clark, they're going to bring in another goalkeeper, which leaves 
which I, it comes back to the conclusion that I'm I'm coming to that that they've had a look at Carl Johan Eriksson and they're not sure about him. Jim? Well, you, you, you always want two keepers on your staff, that's for sure. I mean, that, that goes with it saying, but you want two quality keepers on your staff. Um, so, you know, th- there'd be two questions. One, um, well, a, there's more than two questions. I mean, is Seager's going um, v- very, very probably. I, I, I doubt very much if, if United fans are going to see Seagrist again uh, at time of this. It's highly, highly unlikely. Um, would Xander be prepared to come in and play second fiddle, the second choice? I doubt that very much. Um, and is Ericsson uh, the man for the job? I don't think so. I think that's become quite clear this season. He's 27. He's not a boy. I mean, I, I know goalkeepers are a different breed age-wise, you know. Um, at, at 27, you could almost still be not a young keeper, but a, a keeper developing. Um, but at 27, you would really kind of want to. I mean, I know that the game is littered with guys that have been in England who've been picking up 20 grand a week and never seen in a first team shirt in 20 years. But, you know, if I was picking up 20, 20 grand a week for, you know, doing something, I'd probably be quite happy. But, but by and large, you know, they're all at that certain age. Xander's at 29. Arguably, you know, the way goalkeepers go on these days, if they keep themselves fit and all the rest of it, Xander's potentially got 10 years in front of him. Um, now, 10 years of English Championship money by comparison to 10 years, even at Dundee United, who pay good money, but not life-changing money, um, 10 years south of the border. It changed my life. But it does. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, that's... That, that's uh, very, very important. Very important also, I think, for international um, recognition and all the rest of it, I think, to, you know, to go south. So, you know, you would tend to think that, that perhaps that, that would be the more attractive, it would certainly be the more lucrative move. That said, you need someone to actually want to um, you know, to make the move for you. So, you know, you might want to go south, but if, if there's no one kind of you know, offering you decent terms or offering you terms at all, then it won't happen. But I, I don't think that Xander will be short of admirers um, south of the border. Which brings us to the final part of it. And like I said, Sean, it's, you know, nobody's getting too worked up as far as St. Johnson are concerned because they knew fine well he would be he would be going in the summer and his performance levels never dipped. I don't think they've even got, so it doesn't even make them think, oh, are they worried about his form in the last few games? I think that's just that's been put to bed all all season. Uh, but if he goes to United, does it tarnish his legacy, as it were? I know that uh, it certainly did, as far as Paul still does, as far as Paul. I mean, we're not talking United and Saints aren't, aren't the most bitter. It's not Rangers and Celtic. It's not you know we're not talking in in, the, in that ballpark. But you, you can't deny that there's a lot of Saints fans don't look don't look on Paul Sturrock too fondly because of the fact that he went to United. Does it affect it with Xander? There'll be two schools of thought really. I think there probably will be a a small a small ish group who would look upon it as a some sort of slap in the face and, and wouldn't take kindly to it and there would be a bit of a grumble perhaps when he, when when St Johnson played Dundee United in the future and Xander was there, but uh, there'll be a, a another group who I don't think it will bother that much. And certainly if we go as far as tarnishing legacies, for me, no, of course not. Absolutely not. I think he's um, he's been a fantastic goalkeeper for St. Johnson. He's been part of, um, you know, a, a, a side that, that achieved something that, that no St. Johnson side probably ever will again. Um, and he is forever a legend at McDermott Park for that reason. And I, I don't think moving to Dundee United at the end of his contract after 
many years of service at McDermott. Um, you know, and if he moves to Dundee United, it'll be decent money, all that stuff. I, I, I don't think, for me anyway, it tarnishes any any legacy that Xander might have. He's 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 more than earned whatever move he decides to make make next. And if it's to Dundee United, then so be it. That's up to him. Um, but but you know, there are there are other fans who are less sanguine about these things than I. <laughs> they would probably uh, not take kindly to it. But but no, I think I think if you look at it sensibly. Then uh, yeah, he's uh, absolutely entitled to do what he likes, regardless. Agreed. They were just they just just one of these. You just have to suck it up, don't you? If you're a you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's Xander's, Xander's call, and he's he's yeah he's he's put himself in the. You can't take away legend status just because somebody no, goes to a club that you don't you, you don't agree with, you know. So yeah, there it is. Um, you right. can't boo him though. You can't boo him the next time he turns it against you. Yeah, well, there might be a bit of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, I think at this moment in time, Saints would probably, I think Saints fans would sign up for uh, getting three or four games against Dundee Wright next season in the top flight, and and Xander Clark being in the if it meant and Xander being in mm. the United team, if it meant the obvious yeah, that, that, that they're in the top flight. So, Jim, I mean, which here we go, Saints time. I think the big the big issue for for Saints fans on Saturday, well, again, there's, there's more than one, but one of the the big ones was the fact that expectations have been raised for a second time. You know, got themselves in the position to have a real strike at the team that was third bottom and to to make it a realistic shot at getting out of the the playoff position. And as as with Ross County away, when actually Ross County away, they started they started better. When I think about it, it was a, it was a it was a second it was a sort of last fifteen minutes of the first half and second half collapse that did for them. Saturday there, they just didn't turn up. It's whether you think that's a, I'm sure it's not a case of people not being motivated in the dressing room, you know, banging. I'm sure I'm sure all that was there, but it was uh, it wasn't the the tone was not set very well early on, let's put it that way, and although it was kind of, you know, you looked at all the sort of, the, the stats, the meaningful stats in the game, it, they were pretty even at half-time. In fact, in, Saints were ahead, territory, passes, all that sort of stuff, it did feel like, it didn't feel like it was a game that Saints were in, in you know, getting the sort of control that you would you would have wanted them to to, to get in on, a, on an occasion like that, and sure enough, it was, a, it was an awful goal. So, the performance and the occasion Put the two together, and it was a pretty dispiriting afternoon for St. Johnson, Jim. Yeah, um, an eight-point gap now, which, which of course, uh, you know, um, had they won, uh, it was was a traditional six-pointer, wasn't it? It Would have been, you know, Mm -hmm. so would have been two. um, I I, I think as well there are things that you know. I mean, they lost it. When did they lose the goal? Was just it was fifty odd minutes, fifty yeah, fifty odd minutes. You know, I I think that's you know, you know. I think sometimes there are good and bad times to lose a goal, you know, and a game which was kind of, actually it wasn't even Stevens, was it? Saints had over the piece, had better position, it was 60 to 40 pretty much. And, uh, you know, to, to, when you think you're doing well and, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're battling away, you know, particularly playing well, but you think you're doing okay and you're going to be a shout and then you kind of lose a goal kind of maybe eight, nine, ten minutes into the second half. The wind, I think, goes right right out your sails, you know. Um, and I, I, I just, there is, um, there has to be a mental issue, I think, uh, you know, with a team who end up 
Um, in the table, second bottom, or you know, as we know now, with Dundee and St Johnson scrapping it out there at the bottom. <clears throat> Whether it's been a lot, and, and there was that wee mini revival, of course, you know, um, that, that Saints had, but you know, it's kind of petered out um, with this result, you know. So they're now they now are where they are, and they're heading for, you know, for the playoff um, scrap. There's got to be some kind of mental issues about lack of belief and all the rest of it, Eric. I mean, players players and management and all the rest of it will talk a good game about, oh, everything's okay and the boys are doing well in training and they're working hard and all the rest of it. But I always think that kind of deep down there, there are seeds of self-doubt, I think. Um, I, I, and some who just are not kind of, you know, I hesitate to say not giving their all, but I think that there's... They're you know, going in their shell. They're going in their, in their shell. shell. Yeah, they kind of, there is, you know, there's a kind of a fragility about them, you know, not physically, but there's a mental fragility. Um, I think about them, and, and some and of them it's physical as well, clear. Jim. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that that becomes, I think, quite quite clear. Now, you know, the the, the problem for Callum Davidson and his coaching staff now is kind of, you know, how how you ensure that that mental fragility doesn't take Saints down in in that that playoff battle, which they're, they're you know. Which um, they're facing. I mean, you 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 know you've got to kind of got to work on that um, and, and find a way to you know to, to, to relax players, but no, you know not not to relax them to this situation where they're almost comatose. You got to relax them, but also you know how you got to make it plain that you know a lot of these guys are now fighting for the future, not in the game, but you know at a decent level. And if you're a St Johnston, you know, saying some maybe not the biggest players in Scottish football, they're a good club, you're at a good club, you're at a club that's won, you know, a, a cup double. I mean that's unlikely to be repeated again probably this century, you know, outside of Celtic and Rangers, you know. So I mean you're at a good club and, and you want to Stay at a place where you're well treated, where you've got good facilities and all the rest of it. Um, and I think there's probably a, more than a few players there that need to take a kind of good shake at them, a good look at themselves, and take a good shake uh, to themselves. I mean, I know that Callum Davidson's getting some real stick from from some of the, uh, frankly, let's be blunt, some of the dafties online. Some of the stuff has been a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, um, for a man that, that, that you know that's done the job he's done with them, you know. Um, keyboard warriors firing off uh, at him, you know. Um, but somewhere along the line, he and his coaching staff have got to impart something. And these players also, a lot of these players also have to kind of take a long, good, hard look at themselves and say, you know, this this is a final tilt. You know, this is a final tilt for us. What's coming up in the, in the coming, you know, week or two is the final tilt and... and they, they, they've got. They've simply got to do better than than they've done, Eric. I've heard all this stuff about the systems he plays, and he's he's rigid and all the rest of it. This is not about systems now. This is about hunger and belief and appetite, not just for the club but for yourself as well. So you know, there's a whole lot of people I think they need to look at themselves and and do better. Yeah, Sean. I mean, I, I have no doubt that uh, come the end of the season, well, listen, he'll be doing it just now. You know, that he'll be thinking about nothing else, Callum Davison, and he would be. You know, I, I think he will reflect on this whole season as a whole and individual bits, and there'll be huge learnings for him. At, at the moment, though, it's a what a what a job it is trying to. You know, a, you're you're it's patchworks, it's patching up stuff, isn't it? It's just trying to find a way to 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 get yourself through this, and it's you can't be too hard, you can't be too soft. You, how, what do you say? What, if it's the same, I'm talking about in the dress room, it's the same afterwards. He's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't with what he says. You know, you see quotes getting pulled out by folk who will pick up on a certain phrase and say, oh, that's, what's he saying with that? He's, you know, he's not taking responsibility for himself, but another, but then you'll get somebody else who'll say, oh, but, you know, 
he's kidding himself when he's 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 saying that they were they were decent in the last few weeks or something like that. You know, so he's it's it's an absolute it's an absolute minefield, and that's before you even get to the situation. <laughs> What's his best team? You know, <laughs> that's that's forever. That's a that's a moving feast. I mean, I th- I'll give you. I'll give you Sean Rooney as 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 the latest example. I mean, Sean Rooney was 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 the inspirational figure in in getting a point. And I'll, I'll go back and say at the time, you know, I was you know I was getting stick for saying that wasn't the worst point point in the world that they got dent. I mean, good grief! Imagine if they hadn't got it now, you'd be you'd be absolutely panicking about St Johnson not finishing bottom. I mean, they could still finish bottom. I don't. Th- I think folk are getting a wee bit carried away with them being in the players. All it'll take for possibly it will be done to win two games of football. But anyway. You know, Sean Rooney was fantastic, but it wasn't his fault alone. But if you look at the two biggest incidents in the game, it was that chance in the first 30 seconds where Sean was was switched off and he was one of the ones that, you know, he he, he switched off with the, with the boy running past him for, for the goal. So, I mean, that's the... So you, you go, that's within the space of a few days, you've got a guy who, you know, and, and nobody would have disagreed with playing Sean Rooney for that game in that position, but then you know there's there's the turnaround. So you come you, you come to Saturday. Now he's he, he picking his picking his best eleven is just like nigh on impossible just now, isn't it? With any with any certainty or confidence, it, it, it's very very difficult. But I mean, I suppose if I'm going to be critical, no nobody would nobody would have, would have had a complaint about Rooney um, being played in that position. Uh, after the the Dundee second half performance um, that he turned in, but at the same time we are now at a point in the season where so much has gone wrong, and St Johnston are now where they are. That if you want to be critical, you can be, and you can say that well he signed two centre halves in in January, and neither one of them's playing. So there, there is still an element of 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 fixer upperness, I guess that's oh, what that's you, what you've kind doing. of touched on yeah, that that's what he's doing. at this point. But um, you know, clearly he'd been playing well, you know, and then I, I mean he the, had been, and then that first half at Dens kind of came out the blue where he was a bit sort of. I think we go back to what Jim was, he was saying. Sorts, he was yeah. he was in his shell. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, so mm-hmm. there was no sign of that happening before. You know, there you, no. so you react. Well, I, to, what what disappoints me the most about the the, the St. John the St. Mirren game, obviously, and then the, the the first half hour of the Dundee game and the last twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes, if you like. Although actually, you can take the last bit of Dens out of that. So the first half hour against Dundee and then the performance against St. Mirren is just like the absolute lack of fight or guts or anything like it, and it's just I I think that's that's completely indefensible. Well, it puts a shiver, for, for, puts a shiver up the spine. You know, it gives you if you're a St. Johnson fan, it gives you it gives you the absolute fear for whatever if they get to the playoffs. Do you know, of course absolutely, it does. it does. Yeah, yeah. You, you, at this point, you're looking at the playoffs. We don't, we don't know who St. Johnson would get in the playoffs at this point. Um, um, you know, we're still to to find that out. But I mean, if you if you look at if it's in our growth, for instance, you're 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 crapping yourself. I'm afraid because the, the what our growth are. You know that they, they aren't <laughs> this, you know, the slick footballing side. But what they are is incredibly effective, and good lord, they try their hearts. They out. would, they would do what they would do what St. Mon did, and everything that Callum 
Davidson mentioned after the game about hooking balls on, second balls, that sort of stuff. That is exactly that is exactly what Arbroath would do. Part, Inver- Inverness would be yeah. would be different. You know, they well the second the challenges. second balls thing is huge, I yeah. think, because again you can look at Dundee the Dundee game and the St Mirren game, and St Johnston were second to every second ball. And that is that's just again indefensible. It's a symptom of what I'm talking about. That just lack of lack of dig that's been shown now, and it's it's really really disheartening to watch as a supporter. Um, but that's a continuation of a theme that that's been ongoing for most of the season, in some ways, because because that's now becoming predictable. And just like a lot of other things that St Johnson have been this season, the way they've played football has been utterly predictable. And nothing's changed. And I think what supporters are getting frustrated, extremely frustrated by now, because there's been frustration there all season. But when you talk about supporters picking out certain comments or whatever that Callum Davidson's made, I think it's 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 just now that the, the situation is so desperate and people are so sick of it. <laughs> They're just they can they could everyone can see that this just hasn't worked this season at all yet very very little has changed and everybody's had enough and people are just getting sick of the whole thing now and the result of that is yeah the manager's now at this point starting to take some heavier flack than he has this season but people don't see any changes and I think that what happens is yeah it's inevitable that they will start to go through things with a fine tooth comb and try to look for where the answers could be um, and uh, yeah, people are starting to look at the manager now, and I, I, th- I just think it's an inevitable consequence of of the season that has been so far. Uh, can, Jim, can you make can you make substantive, serious changes at this stage of a season? You know, um, or is it just a is it just a case of sticking plaster stuff and then just and I mean, like for example, can you go to suddenly change? Can you change the system? Can you can you do that? Should you do that, in your opinion, or do you have to? Do you have? I mean, what 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 are his options basically? What are his I, options? I think you know when you talk about systems. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I sometimes think that you know the, the notion of systems are overrated. Whether you play five three two or three five two or or how, uh, you know four four two, however you line up, you know, first and foremost, um, you you near in an ideal world you would have the old kind of the, the Dutch approach, Ajax approach from the seventies, where every player was comfortable. You know, a guy could switch from right back to, to to left wing. You know, that that doesn't happen. Let's be blunt. There are very few players that are particularly comfortable playing out of position in in in, in the modern game. And in fact, to a great extent, that was always the case. Um, so, you know, w- when you're talking about changing system, you have to be sure that you have sufficient numbers of players who can accommodate the either the system can accommodate them or they can accommodate the system. It's a kind of it's a mix of both. There's no point in simply saying, "Okay, I've been playing five three two or three five two. You know what? I'm going to switch it around in the hope that it's going to work." You're going to have the personnel who can actually do that. Who are not going to pull out position? Who know what their role is? Who know what their job is? Um, so, you know, d- d- does he have the personnel to do that? Uh, I'm not sure that he probably does. Would he, would he be comfortable doing it himself? So, I mean, I mean managers, you know, the, 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 you know, what we're saying here doesn't mean that, that Callum escapes uh, criticism. Every no, manager gets criticism. No. Every player gets criticism, you know. Uh, and it will have been a big learning curve for him th- this season because he, although he, you know, he's, he's you know, he, he's worked with, with managers and all that, this has been, his, 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 you know, his, his big season on his own, if you want, you know. And, and ultimately, it's a lonely place. Management's a lonely place. You can 
the assistance round about you that you need, but ultimately decisions are yours and you stand or fall by them. So, um, at this, and it's also, you know, management is also about motivating people. One of the great things that Dick Campbell has done, um, Callum's a different type of character from, from a Dick Campbell, you know, both kind of in public and probably in, to a great extent in private as well in the dressing room. Um, so there's all these things. Does he have the personnel to change the system? Would that change the system work particularly well with, with, with a group of players who, are, who has to be said, are, are, you know, there's no escaping this. They're an average group of players. That, that's a simple fact. The league table proves that, despite what went on. You know, um, the signings uh, that, that came in during the January window, um, there was a wee bit of lift later on after that. That's all. That's kind of peeled again um, recently. Um, so does changing the system uh, at this stage make a great deal of difference? Or is it a risk not worth taking? I'm kind of tempted to think it's a risk not worth taking. Um, it, it's almost as bad as some Saints fans who are suggesting they should give them the is, now and bring is, somebody is, else in, you know? Because the um, thing is, there is risk to it, Jim, as well, isn't it? You know, as I mean, I know it has been, it has been awful this season for St. Johnson and everything that Sean says is, I completely agree with the fact that you just want it to be over. But this is a team that, isn't yet bottom of the league. Will at the moment the way things are going, although I don't, th- I don't think it's nailed on. Will have a playoff, and you do have to think what you know. What is the best way of getting through this and making big changes does does have a risk as well as a reward. It has a risk and a reward, you know. So. So does sticking, though. No, that, that's, that's a problem. You stick that's a twist, and, and, and yeah, it, it's a sticker twist, and that's where that's where you kind of, you know, it's that fine line for 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 Callum Davidson at the moment. I think he kind of needs to be strong in his own mind. He needs also to, to, to speak to people, you know, to take advice, think about things, um, and then make his mind up what he does. Does he stick or twist? Does he have the personnel to kind of to to go with a different type of system or even tweak it differently? Will it make much difference? Um, you know, can he motivate? these players to get any extra out themselves can the players motivate themselves to get any extra out themselves I mean this is where professional pride comes into this and and every footballer is, is a different individual beast you know they're all different animals I mean some will be absolutely will manage to fire themselves up others won't some will come out gung-ho in a game and be really up for it after 20 minutes things are not going as well as they hoped and they sink back into shell or the mindset gets weak uh, you know and, and, and they go off the pace or, or they kind of slink away into, you know, playing the easy ball or no wanting, no wanting the ball, you know, no, no wanting possession in case they've got to kind of, you know, do something with it, you know, and they'd rather not have the ball. All these kind of things. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of psychology at work and, and, and you know, I, I, it's not just an 11-man team now, it's a, it's, a, it's a squad game. So you've got to have the strength of character, you've got to have the big players, big mentalities around about you. Uh, and, and bluntly, he's not had enough of them this season. Is it there? Is it there to be tapped into? That'll only be, we'll only find out after the last couple of um, league games are gone. And then potentially you've got, I mean, I, I, I don't for a minute think Dun, uh, Saints are going to be relegated automatically. I think Dundee are kind of doomed now. I mean, mathematically, but arithmetically, it could still potentially happen. No, I mean, think um, right. Okay, let's we'll go I don't think start it's with Dundee happen, now. You know, do, so, do, you think, so, do you think two, you think two wins are, are beyond them? Are beyond who? Dundee. Dundee. Do you think two wins are beyond them I, now? I, I mean, I, I have my doubts that, that you know that, that anything good can come out of Dundee season. Now. I mean, it's just that you know I think the guys here that just want over, um, over the line. You know, um, I mean, they, they you know played decently against Aberdeen, but you know what have you got left? You've got St Mirren away on Saturday, then then Hibs to be faced, and and, and Livingston away. 
I'm not sure there's, there's two wins out of three um, for them in, in those those three games. I, ju- I just think that you know they are where they are this season. There's a lot of kind of there's a lot of legs there that look tired. There's a lot of players there, senior type players now that just look as though they've got no more in them. Um, they've relied on you know one or two. But, you know, there's been a lot of pressure on young players like Max Anderson. Not that there's too many young players in this squad. I, I just think it's a tired-looking squad. I don't see them um, pulling themselves um, out of this hole. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it's looked for weeks now as so St. Johnson actually looked as though they might, you know, catch St. Martin. But that was fatal last week, what happened to them, I think. So, play off for St. Johnson and, and it looks automatically that Dundee are doomed, as far as I can see. Um, but, you know, so to come back to that kind of, you know, the Saints thing, Saints have to find the resolve from somewhere to get themselves not only not only assure themselves of, of a playoff place, they then got to do it in the playoff place. And that will not that will not be easy. That will require a, a big mindset um, from these players. And one one great last hurrah from players who have managed to end up very probably second bottom of the league. Oh no, yeah. The the, the performance on Saturday given like, I think I wrote in my piece they could Saints could win the last three games and I, I would still go into I would still go into the the playoff thinking with with I would have no I'm, I'm not saying I would have no confidence that they would do it you know I would believe that they could do it but it just nothing you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't have faith that they're gonna turn up which is which is a which is a and not a nice place to be. I mean, I, I still. I mean, it kind of. <laughs> I mean, we both we both predicted last week, Sean, that that Aberdeen would beat Dundee, um, but it it just it just makes. I, I can't get. I don't understand how they haven't won a game. I just don't. So I I still think they may. You know, it would not surprise me if they went to win at St. Mun. You know, I know that I know that they've got these flaws that that. We can all see as well, and maybe, maybe Saturday past was the one that just that just finished them. You looked at kind of the, the sort of the, after, the I'm not saying it was bickering, but the way that McGee spoke, the way that McGee spoke about Charlie Adams stuff, you you could you could quite easily see it just being that being the wind out the sails, and and it, it you know they lose comfortably at St Mun. But would it shock you if they turned up at St Mun and got a win? I wouldn't be shocked by that either. I have to say. Well, I suppose what 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 they would be relying on is is similar to St. Johnson in a sense, because Jim was talking about having to having to find that resolve to dig these results out, and I think they're going to have to find it within themselves. It's going to have to be professional pride, much much as at St. Johnston, because best will in the world, and I don't I don't think at this point in the season, given how it's gone up to now, and given how similar it's been all season, I I, I just can't see Callum Davidson being able to inspire those players out of this. If I'm wrong, I'll be delighted. But I, I, I can't see it. I don't see anything changing there unless the players can do it themselves. Some, um, of, some of them are uns. It's, be, it's been an ultimate, and again, it's, you know, I'm holding fire with a lot of the reflections because you know it's the end of the season when it's the time to do it properly. But we can all see where they are. There's no doubt about it. You know, But there's so much of this season has been uns and Johnson-like in, in umpteen, umpteen ways. You know, and you know, and I think again we will get back to Dundee. But what I thought a month or so ago was I, I kind of, or even a wee bit further, I can't remember when it was. You you're starting to think, well, maybe maybe this turnover of players in the summer won't actually be that much because they've done a lot of uh, their good work 
in January. But now I think either way, I think it's looking like a it's looking like a busy summer, whether they whether they go down or whether they stay up. But yep. so right, Dundee, Dundee, actually. I, Dundee. <laughs> did you should we make? I mean, we end up speaking about Charlie Adam every week, don't we? But I mean, it's Mark McGee's fault on this occasion. You know, he shouldn't have been. I mean, why was he? I'm not saying subbing him. I think <laughs> I was saying I would have had. I wouldn't have started him in the first place because I, I think he's now his best role is is as an impact sub as you know for the last half hour or something like that. But why why bristle so much when when somebody's asking you a legitimate question about you know. Charlie Adam coming off and Charlie's reaction, I don't know what his reaction was and all the rest of it. It's He is their most high-profile player. He's not getting away from it because of the pedigree he's got, because of the, his cult status, all the rest of it, because of the skills he's got, because of the points he's won for them. So why why bristle when when somebody asks you a perfectly legitimate question about his, his substitution and his reaction? Don't get it. You can take that one, Jim. Well, I'll well, give Sean I mean, a breather. Well, well, for starters, look, I mean, he was asked the question by, you know, a, 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 an old BBC colleague of mine, Kenny McIntyre, who has made a, you know, has made a living and still makes a living of winding managers and players up. You know, that's Kenny's style. Kenny's a bulldog with a, uh, with a microphone. You know, it was a perfectly legitimate question, an absolutely legitimate question. Um, and Mark McGee did bristle out because Mark, I think, is one of these kind of managers who um, probably, you know, Played the game at an intensely and an impressively high level. Who you know, bluntly looks at guys like you and me and Sean and Kenny Mark and thinks, "What do you guys know? You never played five asides. Never mind played at the level I played. Who are you to question me?" You know, I think he bristles at that. Plus, I mean, there is the fact that it has not gone spectacularly well for him. And uh, you know, he was brought in. Uh, I mean, I think we're, we're now quite clearly seeing. Um, that, that you know, that it hasn't worked. Sacking James McPake, irrespective of what you think about the way he was treated, whether there was any dignity attached to it or not, you know, that, that if they were going to sack James, it should have been done either much earlier or they should have given the lad the chance to to take his team, which he'd taken right through the season, and given him the chance to keep them up, you know, or, or, or take them down and then rebuild, you know. So it hasn't worked so far. That's not to say it's, it, it, it's um, dead and buried yet. As we said, arithmetically, there's a chance, but I cannot see it. For, for, from what I can see, Dundee are doomed. Uh, and, and I think a rebuilding, um, a, a massive rebuilding job needs to be done at the club. Will Mark McGee be part of that? I would doubt it. I don't think the Dundee fans will buy into that at all. And if you're wanting season book sales to, um, you know, to hit even a half decent mark, I doubt very much if that will uh, will happen. So, um, you know, he bristled because that's his style. I mean, you know, a couple of times I used to regularly be the trackside reporter at, at places like Petaudry. And I mean, on one occasion I had to haul him away down the tunnel as, as, as punters were having a go and he was having a go back at them. That's his style. He's quite a combative, fiery individual, Mark McGee. You know, that that is his style. And that's fair enough. He, does, he doesn't want to speak about it. You know, as reporters, I think sometimes we think we have the right to know everything. We don't, but we do have the right to ask the question because, you know, the, the, the nature of the job is we are, we are theoretically asking the questions that we think that fans legit, legitimately want answered. And lots of punters would have been saying, why is Charlie going off? What, what role does Charlie have here? You know, uh, is Charlie right to be peeved? Yeah. Um, expect any football player getting taken off to be peeved unless he's he's injured or something like that, you know. Um, so, you know, McGee had the right to be annoyed. 
uh, the right not to be answered, uh, not to be asked, uh, uh, the right not to answer the question. But Kenny Mack also had the right to ask the question, and he was legitimate uh, in doing so. So, in a sense, they were both right. Um, you can only ask if you don't get the answer. Fair enough. But I think it maybe hides something a wee bit more fragile about the whole kind of the ego roundabout uh, uh, the manager. It hasn't worked, you know. Uh, his his coming into dent so far hasn't worked. It looks as though they're going going down. So you know, I think there's lots of kind of fragility there probably about him you know his, his ego as a manager and being asked that question and, and he dismissed it very brusquely didn't want to speak about it fair enough but Kenny McIntyre was entitled to ask the question and Dundee fans have to draw their own conclusion from from the, the manager's response I mean it's shot Sean everything everything most football logic of seasons gone by and everything we've seen in the past does tend to suggest that this will just continue for Dundee and I'm not saying that they'll lose all the last games but you know that the the St Johnston game was their their big shot that Saturday there was another occasion where I mean I've, I've I did write about it a couple of weeks ago I couldn't maybe they gained the odd point on St Johnston at one point but certainly because well they haven't won a game under Mark McGee but certainly when St Johnston have been losing they've never taken a big stride you know they took they got obviously got the 2-2 draw with United when Celtic went when Celtic were thrashing Saints, but they've never really taken a big chunk out of it. Do they still have it in them to think like this is still there for us? You know, it would it would take a remarkable about turn in the trend under Mark McGee. Cause, I mean, they haven't won in ten league games uh, under him now. So for them to, for them to win two out of their last three or three out of their last three or whatever, that would it would be a remarkable turnaround in fortunes. Would it be that remarkable? You know, some, I think so. Do you think so? Yeah. Because um, yeah. I mean, maybe a, a normal If you look at the trend. I know. I've only won five games all season. <laughs> I, I know that, but this is the bottom of this. It's the bottom six. They're now playing teams who have nothing to play for, you know, which is the same as St. Johnson right enough. But, you know, none of these, I mean, St. Martin know that they're, they can put the, the flip-flops on. Hibs and... Who have they got less Hibs and Livingston? None of these, in, in some ways, is it not a, is it not a false? I mean, St. Johnson and well, the, the, the incentive for Dundee is that St. Johnson aren't aren't lifting themselves away, clear, particularly from Dundee at this point. So St. Johnson are stumbling as well. So there's an incentive there in, for them in that in that we can catch them. But again, it's going to take it's going to take that resolve to be found. Um, so that's not something that they've really shown all season. So it, it's 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 going to take something a bit special, I think, to change it for Dundee. Yeah, and see see when it comes to um, Mark McGee being asked about Charlie Adam last week as well. I think I mean the legitimacy of the question is is proved by the fact that it was subsequently asked again in the in the print by the print media in the room. Now, we, Jim, you'll know yourself and Eric, obviously, but the print media don't don't necessarily see what the what the broadcast media are asking because they they operate in different areas. Oh, BBC so Kenny one McIntyre, to one. Yeah, we wouldn't have, Yeah, we wouldn't Kenny McIntyre would have, would have asked Mark McGee that um probably outside at Petodre just by the tunnel um where the the radio stuff tends to get done and then he would have come in to the to the press room where the print media are and then it was asked again and he again reacted <laughs> in in a snippy way uh, when he was in the print media room. Now I think the ego thing's interesting. I think that's correct because Aberdeen on the same day had a very, very similar thing happen with Christian Ramirez. Um, he went off and, and reacted uh, in a sort of notably irritated way 
And Jim Goodwin was subsequently asked about that as well because it's a legitimate question to ask. And Jim Goodwin's response was very different. It was, oh, I don't mind a bit of that. I like to see that from a player coming off. It shows he's hungry, all this sort of thing. So he chose to respond to it like that. Mark McGee chose to be snappy about it. So, yeah, there's there's the difference in ego at play there, I think. I, I mean, it's an, it's an, there's an intriguing dynamic behind <clears throat> that particular um, you know broadcast role because it was one that I, I did for years and years, you know, and... and I, you get him first, in. so you know you're, you're, well, <laughs> emotions are higher when you when yeah. you get in, Jim. Aren't they? But but when an incident like that happened, uh, you know you, you're usually you know you're waiting at the top of the tunnel, and the PR man for the club brings the uh, brings the manager um, along. Um, I mean, slightly changed now because you know you would usually kind of go and get them and take them ten yards away. Now it's all kind of rigged up after COVID and all the rest. It's a slightly different format, but the, the bottom, bottom line is the same. There's a wee bit of chat, you know, before you go on air. You don't immediately go to the interview if, you, if you're working, you know, uh, on radio. You're waiting, to sh- you know, you've shouted through your producer. Um, I've got the manager here, you know, and the commentary team are still chatting or whoever. Or there's a match report going on elsewhere, and you get a shout saying, "Right, okay, with you in thirty seconds, or with you in a minute, or something like that." And you're all ears caught. But I, I always said to a manager in a situation like that, listen, by the way, what was the script with the incident, taking Charlie off or taking so-and-so or, or blah, blah, blah. And you, know, you usually get a wee bit off the record. And I would always say to them, by the way, I'm, I'm going to ask you that. It's up to you how you beat it away, but I'm going to ask you that. And, and that, that did two things. It alerted them. It made them absolutely conscious of the fact that I was asking the question, whether they liked it or not. And B, there was always the possibility to say, right, I'm not doing the interview. In which case you could say, well... You know the Dundee manager or the Motherwell manager or the United manager said he's no no prepared to be interviewed. You know, so it was, that was a bit naughty. But I wasn't. Uh, I, I was trying to be honest in these situations. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you that question. I mean, I, I, I had an experience when when Roy uh, Roy Aitken's last uh, gig as an Aberdeen manager. You, you may remember they got hammered five 0 by United at Tannadice. And going up the tunnel, he actually said to me, "Do not ask me about my job." And I went, I've got to. Went, don't don't you ask me about my job. And we're about thirty seconds, thirty seconds left of the interview. I was <laughs> trying to work up the courage, and I heard the shout in my, my ear from uh, the then producer Donald Garden, who was actually a Dundee boy, Donald, and he shouted, asking the question. Uh, Jim asking the question and the time was wearing on I was just waiting on what we call the sting the theme tune to see see the programme out and eventually I got ask him the effing questions <laughs> 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 we're literally about 10 seconds to go I said to Roy, I said to Roy are you now worried <laughs> you might get the sack or worse that effect and he just biddled on his heel and disappeared down the tunnel <laughs> and that was us we were kind of we were off here and he shouted back well, I'll not tell you what he shouted back at me you know but 10-15 minutes after the game he was fine he'd calmed down and he was okay again but that goes with the territory and okay, at least he didn't, a different at least he didn't do it. At least he didn't do what Jim McLean did to John Barnes. <laughs> well, that's, oh, that's true. But uh, so I mean, you know, Kenny was absolutely right to ask that question, and, and Matt McGee's absolutely entitled not to answer it. But the problem is when you don't answer a question like that, um, it leads people to, you know, put arms and legs on on, on things. Um, whatever. That, that's the problem, and then, then and then kind of you know conspiracy theories and all the rest of it abound. Um, but I don't. I, I mean, the, the problem for Marcus is dealing with a guy, a senior pro who has also played at a very very high level with Charlie. You know, so um, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I, somehow or other, I'm not sure we actually heard the last of that. I think I'll be things will emerge. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but no, just the, the point I was making, Sean, was I, I do think that the I think once issues are settled like this as in St Martin, um, as in Aberdeen, you know, because those those two games that St Johnson just played, they were playing against opponents who had 
not quite as much to fight for as them, but in someone's case, you could probably say, you know, they were highly motivated teams. I now think we're in a scenario where the opposition that both St. Johnson and Dundee are playing are just patently less motivated. They have less, they have less at stake. So the only live issues, issues, singular, you could say, is, is what's happening to St. Johnson and, and Dundee. Now, you know, Sitman might put out. I don't think he will because he'll, you know, he'll want to get one more point. But Sitman could, you know, they 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 could just be totally relaxed, and they and they've been a flaky team from, you know, for for long enough <laughs> as well. They could suddenly just, you know, it it could be an imbalance in the games because you've got one. So I, I do think I do think yes, they have to win two out of three, but. This is the best time of the season to win two out of three. You're, you're playing bottom six teams. You're playing teams that don't have motivation. And you can say the same for St. Johnson. And St. Johnson have a five-point advantage. That's that's obvious. But, you know, I think all it, all it takes is Dundee to win on Saturday and St. Johnson to lose. And, well, there you go. It's absolutely all back up and all back up in well, the air. So it's only, one, it's only one set of results, you know, and... You know, fun, funnier things, etc., etc. Anyway, on that note, try to cheer up Dundee fans. Eh? <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's done yet. I don't think it's done. We shall be back next week with more of the same. Thank you again, gentlemen, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.